book of Mark, chapter 6, verse number 30. I'm just trying to be obedient and preach what God gave me. It's not much, but it's what I needed to hear. It's helped me already in the study of it. Verse number 30 says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and out with them, and came together unto him. That's the reading of Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 33, if correctly read this evening. Father, as we bow our head before you tonight, Lord, we ask your blessing. God, upon our time together, Lord, I pray that you would help me, fill me with your spirit and with your power as we try to preach the word of God. Father, would you just speak to hearts tonight, Father. Help these many that we've been mentioning in prayer requests tonight already. Help them, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. I want to preach on this thought tonight out of Mark chapter 6, verse number 30 through 33. The discipline of rest. The discipline of rest. I thought about the need that every one of us have for rest. And I was actually, I picked up a book, I was reading a book, and I picked up another one illustration here. Someone let me borrow this little booklet written by Dr. Curtis Hudson. And you notice, open the pages, you might be able to zoom in here if you guys are looking at camera, but you think about a book, if you can't zoom in, y'all can't see it. You think about a book, a book has what is known as a margin. In fact, if you're writing on a piece of paper, you have what is known as a margin. And that margin is a blessing to me tonight, amen? Because without that margin, it's going to be crowded, cluttered, disorganized. When things are disorganized, that bothers my OCD. Preacher, you admitted you have a problem. I do. I have to have that margin which is welcoming and it's inviting and it's desirous for me to read it. And I compare the margin. God just spoke to me about the margin in the book being like me, needing a time of rest. You, as a Christian, in your walk with God, there is a time that you need to rest. You need some margin in your life. And if you don't have margin in your life, you are cluttered, you are disorganized, and you're going to become frayed at the ends if you don't get some type of rest tonight. So there is a need for you and I to maintain margin or maintain some rest in our lives. Now, number one, when we look at this text, and I won't preach long, I promise. When we look at this text, I see, first of all, 
the return in verse 30. The apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus. They have returned back to Jesus. Do you notice in verse 30 the word apostles? Did you know that in Mark's gospel the term apostles has not been yet mentioned? The first time it's mentioned in the gospel of Mark. Before this they were called disciples. A disciple is a follower. It is a learner. It is a student of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are followers. The Greek word mathetes, it means to follow. We are following Jesus. But now the word of God has changed and calls them, calls, calls them apostles. What is the biblical definition of an apostle? It is someone who has been an eyewitness of Christ. I'm a witness, but I'm not an eyewitness. I don't have apostolic gifts. I, I'm not an apostle of Jesus Christ. Well, preacher, that's your doctrine. I'm preaching you the word of God rightly divided. Amen? Now, look with me in Mark chapter 6. Look back at verse number 7 where he sends forth these 12. He called unto him the 12. He began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. He tells them in verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, this is what you're supposed to do. Verse 12, they went out and preached that men should repent. So these disciples were followers, learners, students of Christ, and now they're eyewitnesses and they've, he's sending them out. And when they're sent out, they're going from being a spectator to a participant in ministry. And they preach that men should repent. They cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and they healed them. They have gone out with the power of God. And they've gone out with the reflection of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what they did, they did not do in their own name because when Herod heard what was happening, he heard the fame of him, the fame of Jesus. What they were doing, they were doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Make sure to give glory and honor to God in everything that you do. Now after this period of going out and ministering, they've returned back to Jesus. They got to thinking about that. They have come to a prearranged place at a prearranged time and they've met back with our Lord. Like an illustration of baby birds. They're raised up in the nest. And there's a time mama's been trying to teach them, trying to teach them, trying to teach them how to fly. And finally, she kind of thrusts them out there a little bit. And they've got to fly. And they'll fly around a little bit. And then they come right back to the nest. These disciples have been kicked out of the nest and have been thrust into apostleship. And after they fly a little bit, and preach repentance and cast out demons and have miracle power, they've come back to the nest for reevaluation. They've come back to the nest to get more encouragement. They've come back to the nest to get more teaching. That's one of the reasons I'm back tonight, amen. I've come back for more reevaluation. I want to know more about Jesus Christ. I want to get closer to Him in the ministry, amen. Hear me as these men have gone out. These days, weeks, ever how long it was, now they've come back. Might I say that they've been confronting 
the forces of Satan. They've been combating with Satan. And these men of Nobat come back. They've come back weary. They're stretched thin. They're drained. They're empty. Preacher, what words? I felt like that on Wednesday nights before. Weary, tired, exhausted, amen. They've come back after going, I'm telling you, they've been pulled and pushed every direction by the forces of Satan, and yet they've come back victorious, praising the name of Jesus, and physically, mentally, emotionally. I pastor a church. I'm not just a, I'm not just a spectator in the ministry anymore. God's when you're participating that everybody's good to criticize you, amen. But when you're involved combating the forces of Satan, oftentimes it is exhausting. And you know what you need to do when you get exhausted and weary? You need to come back to the house of God and get at Jesus' feet to hear his word, to get reevaluation, to get help from God. That's, that's why I come back on Wednesday night, amen. I've returned, amen. Now, second of all, I want you to hear their reports. The Bible says in verse 30 that they told him all things. Not as if he didn't know, but they're sharing with him all things that happened, both what they had done and what they taught. So their report to Jesus includes their encounters, their endeavors, which were no doubt exhausting, but they were exhilarating. <laughs> they were enthusiastic about what they were doing. They were exhilarated and excited about what God was doing. Now, Simon Peter's in this group, and I promise you when he comes back to say, Lord, let me tell you what happened. Nothing went unreported. Look at your Bible. It uses the word all. <laughs> They told him, look at it, verse 30, they told him all things. They, they didn't leave anything out. They gave account for every single thing that happened. You ever go away to do something and you come back, you come back excited, you come back exhausted, but you didn't let this happen and this happen and this happen. Y'all ever do that? They shared about every obstacle. They shared about every challenge and how God overcame that. Man, they were just thrilled. But now that they're back, they're exhausted. Maybe there's some people that didn't get saved, that they thought ought to get saved. They had hoped for more results, and they're a little discouraged. You ever been there? Need to hear from the Lord? You need to get input from Jesus? May I say, had a great service the other night preaching, but I had a two and a half plus Drive home. Nobody got saved. Don't you know the devil sit down on me? I needed the Lord's input. I need to regather and get back at his feet and say, Lord, what I do wrong? Lord, what can I do better? Let me say this to y'all. And I was in a storm. There is no encouragement like encouragement from the Lord. I am constantly reporting back to the Lord after I preach Sunday morning or Sunday night or in revival somewhere. I am constantly, I will get it out. I'll go right back to the Lord and say, Lord, I failed here. I should have said, Lord, I didn't pray like I should. 
Lord, you're aware of my failures, my weaknesses. Lord, tell me I need further instructions. What can I do better to help my people more than I'm preaching to? Don't, don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm not looking for your approval. Well you, well, you got it, preacher. Thank you. But I'm not looking for your approval. I want his approval. Edward's family goes out and sings. They're not looking for the approval of the congregation. They want the approval of God. When we're serving here at this church, we're not looking to, that the world will approve what we're doing. We are seeking the approval of God. And these disciples sharing every challenge, every obstacle, they are seeking the approval of God. May I remind you that there will be a final reporting one day. My Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 10, for we must all appear at the judgment seat of Christ. You will give a report for what you've done with this life that Jesus gave you. Thirdly, in verse 31, we see the word rest. That's my point, the rest. He said to them, now, they're needing encouragement. They're, they're needing evaluation. They're, they're needing more teaching. They, they've gathered at Jesus' feet. They want to hear his word. They want to hear what he has to say about this endeavor. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart unto a desert place and rest a while. What did Jesus tell them? He says, you need to come and rest a while. You need to come, the word is, apart into a desert place. One preacher says it like this. If you don't take time to come apart, you will come apart. There has to be some time that's just you and the Lord that you pull away from the daily demands of ministry. There is a need sometimes to withdraw. Just like in, the, this, in, just like in, this, in any book you read, there is a reason when you go across the line and you're typing or you're reading, and the margin, if you're on an old typewriter, ding, that's where the margin is. You hit enter, return, it goes back down to the next space. On the next margin, on the next line down. I'm telling you, there's a time, just like a typewriter or a computer or a book you're reading, it has that margin and goes in the next space. Your life is the same way. God wants you to come apart to a desert place. What does that mean? A secluded place. A place of isolation. A place that, let me say it like this, that removes you from the demands of people. Now, Preacher Darren, I'm offended that you just said that people are demanding. Well, how do you feel about them? Do you feel like there's demands that they put on you? There's demands. There have been times that I've tried to get away on vacation. And so help me, I drove 600 miles to get away. And within 10 minutes, I said, Preacher Darren, wow, it's so good to see you. Hi, things in Spruce Pie. And I ran into him three times in a week. And I was trying to get away. And I couldn't get away. Do y'all are laughing? But nobody said amen because the same thing is true for all of us. It is amazing 
the disciples, Jesus said, what you boys need is you need to rest a while. You need to rest your mind. You need to rest your body. You need to rest your soul. They need time to replenish. There's nothing unspiritual. Let me say it again. There is nothing unspiritual about someone needing rest after a period of intense ministry. There is nothing unspiritual about needing rest after a hectic time of service. Thank you, Lord. After six days of creation, on the seventh day, God rested. Now, time out. He didn't rest because he was tired. He didn't rest because he was weary. He rested to set forth a pattern for us because he knew we would need a day of rest. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, please turn there with me. In the book of Exodus chapter 20 and in verse number 8, one of the Ten Commandments, I believe it's the fourth one, says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now what day is the Sabbath day? The seventh day. Saturday. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that's within thy gates. You see that? Preacher, where are you going with this? Well, turn back with me to the book of Mark, chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. One of God's Ten Commandments deals with the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Let me tell you something. I found out that I cannot keep the law. Your pastor's a lawbreaker. And if I break one, I've broken all ten. And my Bible says in Mark chapter 2 and verse number 27, he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man. You see that? God didn't stop, stop on the seventh day and rest because he was tired. He did it as a pattern for you. The Sabbath day was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Look at verse 28. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord, capital L, also of the Sabbath. What does that mean, Preacher Darren? He knew if I was going to break the law, so he is my fulfillment of the law. He is my Sabbath. What he's saying is, he is my rest. And if I choose my rest to be on a Monday or a Wednesday or whatever it is, that Jesus is my rest. That's deep preaching. If, if Listen, this is not just a milk, milk toast message. It's deep preaching. Some people I've seen leave this church over their belief that Saturday should be the day we worship. Let me tell you right now, you ought to worship every day, amen, in spirit and in truth. 
on Saturday, my Lord, crucified, was laying in a tomb. The law causes us to be dead in trespassing sins. But on the first day of the week, Sunday, Jesus arose. And we worship on Sunday to commemorate the day my Savior arose. He is my Sabbath. Amen? Now, you're in Mark pretty close. Jesus himself, as a man at times, grew weary. He slept on the boat one time in the middle of the storm. Look at Mark 135. I'm almost done. Mark 135. Now, Jesus has been preaching, healing, casting out demons. Verse 35 says, In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus withdrew from a revival meeting where he was preaching. The next verse says, Simon sought after him, and he said, Lord, all men seek for thee. Verse 38 says, in other words, hey, Lord, everybody's waiting on you. Get back down here. Look at verse 38. He said unto them, let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also. Therefore came I forth. I've not just come to heal people of cancers and, and, and of snake bites and all the, I'm not, a, I'm not, my ministry is for the soul. I can do works of healing on your body, but my ministry, the Son of Man, has come to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus himself withdrew. Look with me in verse 45 of this chapter. He's healed a leper. He told a leper, don't tell it what I've done for you. The leper told it, and now so many people are coming to Jesus. End of the verse, he was without in desert places. He had to withdraw himself. Look at chapter 3 and verse number 7. After healing the man with a withered hand, it stirred so many people up. In verse number 7, Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. Jesus even took time to rest. Jesus knew what he was talking about when he said, You come apart to a desert place that you may rest a while. So when the preacher said, If you don't come apart... You'll come apart. Jesus knew what he's talking about. Amen. You need time to refresh. You need time to refuel. You need time to replenish. You need time to refresh. You need time to regather. Hear me. For these disciples, they didn't have that opportunity. Verse 31 says, There were many coming and going, and they didn't even have leisure to eat. Two lines coming to them all the time. And when they got rid of one meeting, and the next, here comes the next group. These men don't even have enough time to themselves privately to even eat a full meal. There's no interval of time in between. In our great efforts, our body cries out for repose. And our soul says, I must have time to refuel. Our modern day gadgetry and all the conveniences that we have, you're more available and accessible now than ever before. You say you're going to withdraw yourself, 
but you've got email. You've got instant messenger. You've got text messenger. Amen. People can get in touch with you almost anytime, anywhere, unless it's over the next hill. Amen. You see what I'm saying? You have got to find a way to shut it off. For those of you that's on audio, not video, you have got to shut down your cell phone and your email and those things. And you, well, preacher, I, you need time to rest. You're not getting away like you say you are. If you do not set these certain boundaries and establish the margin in your life that's needful, you and I, God showed me this, I will lose my effectiveness for the Lord. At the end of the school year this year, I have burned a candle at both ends so bad, I was absolutely exhausted. We finished with revival, a great high, and I just tried to keep going. And God said, son, you're losing your effectiveness if you don't take time to rest. You may not want to hear it, but you're going to have to have it too. Fourth thing I'm done. There are then the rigors. Look at the scripture. Verse 32 says, They departed into a desert place by ship privately. How exciting. A place of serenity. They're going there. But verse 33 says, And the people saw them departing. And many knew, what's the pronoun? Him, not them. They've been out doing the preaching, all these things. But even though they, they, they weren't coming in their name, they weren't coming to hear Peter, James, and John. They knew Jesus. They knew him. And look what the Bible says. They knew him and ran afoot, thither out of all cities, and out went them and came together unto him. Even in their attempts to find rest, the, to, uh, to get away from the people, they saw them, they figured out where they were going, and they ran on foot and got there. They were there waiting on them when they got to the shore. The best they could do to get away, they couldn't get away. And the demands increased all the more. Their interruptions and interventions were real. I couldn't tell you. Try to go on vacation. Man, my wife says, please don't answer that. But I know somebody's dying. But I know some. Please, I'm just telling you. Burden to my heart is to care for my flock and pray for my people and try to let them hear my voice and try to be an encouragement to them. But God said, you can't do that. I do that. It's not your voice they need to hear. It's mine. Amen. You just refer them to me. Woo, glory to God. Their attempts for rest have evaded them. Now what are they going to do? They're trying to find a place of rest. Y'all ever had that problem? Trying to find a moment of serenity, a place of relaxation, and there's just no way you can get away because the devil just the perfect storm comes. Whatever happened to you, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you how it is. 
So what do you do? You know you need to rest, but you can't find that place. So what do you do when you when, when rest evades you? Now I'm talking about the discipline of rest. You need it. We all know it. I'm just trying to identify it. But what do you do knowing you need rest, but you can't get to the place to find it? Are y'all okay? Say amen if you're okay with that statement. I think that's fair to say. Isaiah. I'm done right here. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 29. Look what my Bible says. Look what your Bible says. If it's not underlined in your Bible, please underline it now. Now, Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. And of them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Next verse. What I'm getting from this is that though rest evades you, somehow, sovereignly, and supernaturally, he gives it to you anyway. And I, <laughs> oh, I want to run so bad, y'all. Woo! Somebody says, Preacher Dan, I don't know how you can. Let me tell you how I keep going. It's him. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You see that? Preacher Dan, how are you going to get renewed when you can't find a place to rest? What's these boys going to do? There, Jesus said, come apart. Leave that verse up, please. Come apart. What you come apart, come apart, come apart, but they can't find a place. The Lord says He'll renew your strength. The word renew. I looked it up in the Hebrew. You know what it means? It's to exchange that which is broken for that which works. Has anybody ever bought you a present? One person, this whole church had somebody. God bless you, brother. I appreciate your honesty. Has any of y'all ever told a lie? Have any of y'all ever not participated in the survey? Has anybody ever bought you a present? Has anybody ever bought has anybody ever bought you a present that was broken when you opened it? It was the wrong size. Unfortunately, it wasn't the color you would have chosen. But they thought you would look good in that color, but you didn't like it. So what did you do with it? Did you just throw it in the box and leave it in the corner? Or did you get your handy-dandy receipt and go back down to their store and say, Listen, this is broken. It's the wrong size. It's the wrong color. It don't fit just right. I, don't, I, I want to exchange it. One person, two people, has always ever exchanged. I mean my wife. My wife has helped me exchange stuff so many times. My wife's like you're shaking her head, praising God right now. Right? How many of y'all have ever exchanged something? Something was broken. Said, what do you want to do with it? I want to get one that works. I want to get one that fits. I want to get one in a different color. You know what you've done? You got rid of that that didn't work for you, and you got something brand hammer newer that did. God said, come to me and give me that which doesn't work for you. Your strength is broken. You are weak. You are feeble. You are inept. Give me your weakness. God says, I'll give you my strength. Woo! 
when rest evades you, he'll supernaturally and sovereignly press the override button and he'll make sure that the exchange happens. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You will run, not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. Woo! Isn't that great? It's amazing how that's kind of backwards. You and I would think that we would walk, then we would run, then we would fly. But God says we're going to fly, then we're going to run, then we're going to walk. Because, listen, it's about your walk with Christ and not your flight. Amen? All right. So what verses? Three things in conclusion. First of all, what about to those that are uninvolved? Sadly, not everyone is in need of rest. The fact is that few, few are in danger of overworking themselves. Many are tired because they've given too much attention to recreation as a mental diversion. And while we need a mental diversion, you're not involved in God's work. And may this message encourage you to become involved in the work of God that you might make an impact for the glory of God. What about for the untiring? Not retiring, the untiring. Many are tireless in their service to Jesus. This church at Bethel, there are many devoted servants in this church. You put to your shoulder the plow of serving God. I saw what y'all did at Bible school. I saw what y'all did at Revival. I saw y'all put your shoulder to the plow and went to work. But every one of us, there has to come a time that we rest. You need restoration. And I commend you for being so involved. But without rest, this is very important, without rest, you're not ready for what's next. You see, God has a next for these disciples. And without rest, they're not ready for the next. So he sovereignly, supernaturally gives them rest to get them ready for the next. Then there's the unsaved. You're the ones that needs rest the most. Matthew chapter 11. You need the rest that only comes from the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some are trying to work their way in. You need to cease from your striving and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to rest in His saving arms. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. How hard it must be to bear the yoke of the Pharisees. How hard it must be to bear the yoke of the law. How hard it must be to bear the, the yoke of trying to get there in your own self-effort. How hard it must be to bear the yoke of self-righteousness. Jesus said, get out of that yoke and learn of me and get in with me. Come to me, you'll find rest. Jesus said, it is finished. What did he mean? He said, I've done everything that's necessary to save you. 
Rest in his perfect obedience. Rest in his perfect righteousness. Amen. Through his death on the cross and his resurrection, he says, cease from your labor. Come rest in my salvation. Rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Had you ceased from trusting in self and trusting in good works, trusting in church membership, trusting in baptism, the Lord wants you tonight to rest. Rest in Jesus Christ. Amen. You stand to your feet. I want to give an invitation. It's a Wednesday night. I don't usually do this. I want to give an invitation. There may be somebody here say, Preacher Darren, rest. <laughs> I know I need it, but I can't find the place of it. Why don't you come right now and say, Lord, I need you to give me that sovereign supernatural rest. Rest in your finished work. From me from, take me from doubting. Rest in the ministry. Rest from worry. Rest from... I'm telling you, somebody not, you need to rest. Your head's bowed, nobody's looking. Preacher, I'm waiting for a pen. I'm not giving you one. You mind God right now or just deal with it? Come on. I believe God's dealing with hearts. Lord, I need to rest in you folks that come. God bless you. God bless you. Preacher, I need that rest. I need it so bad. Folks that come, God bless you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your humility. Thankful for your obedience. I'm so thankful. Come on right now. God sees each heart. He'll give you that rest if you'll come. Father, as we bow in your presence this evening, Lord, we bow to say to you, Lord, we are too busy doing things, Lord, that are probably needless. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Father, that we might rest in Jesus' finished work, that we might rest, Lord, in the opportunities you've created for us, Father, that we would just serve you and let you have it, that everything we do, we do in your name and for your glory and rest therein, knowing that you will do right, you'll make it turn out right if we put forth our best effort. Lord, there are some, Father, that rest has evaded them. They can't sleep at night. They're bound by worry. They're bound by doubt. They're, they're, there's concerns of business and things going on. Lord, I'm asking you tonight out of Isaiah chapter 40, Verses 29, Lord, I'm asking you, would you give us that promise? God, would you help us tonight, Father, that supernaturally, sovereignly, when rest evades us, God, that you would grant us that rest that's in you. And God, you would re-energize us. You'd refuel us. God, you'd help us the next time we stand to be a different preacher, a better preacher. Fill us, God, with your power. Fill us, God, with your spirit. Help us, God, I pray that Jesus Christ might be preeminent in our day-to-day -day life, in our walk with you. Lord, we ask your blessing. We seek your help. And tonight, Lord, we rest in you. And for this we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.